What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Easter eggs? What's in the basket? Clothes. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, T. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Wackerly, we have a spooktacular show today with uh, many special guests. One of the, is this the closest one to Halloween, or is there going to be another one? This is the Halloween show. Oh, this is the Halloween show. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, which is the reason why we have one of the spookiest guests I think I've ever had in the studio. And I'm not talking about Big Jer. I'm talking about my irritable bowel sister, Stephanie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, Stephanie and Big Jer are here. What's up, Jer? Same old. Yep. Doing, doing time. Jer and Steph came down for the weekend to uh, meet the cat. Is that the only reason you guys came here or to see me? No, to meet the cat. Oh, yeah. this is the first time? Yeah, it's fucking cool. Um, Did you bring down the giant cat stroller that you guys have that <laughs> never gets used? It gets used. <laughs> Foo was in it last week. Yeah, that thing the, is uh, that he, was he went out and bought himself a cat leash. I don't know if you knew about that. And, and a and, harness. And there's a cat jacket, and there's a huge cat tree that's like six feet tall. I've seen the tall. tree. Yeah, Wacker's seen the tree. It's a bit ridiculous. It's, uh, it's overkill. It's uh, expanding. I'm, you know, I'm a cat dude. You know what? Carla from Iowa, our fan, she sent me a book called uh, Men Can Be Cat Ladies Too. By Michael Showalter. I've been reading it right now, and it's nice. true. I can relate to it. I'll, you Jer, have a Pinterest I'll let you it. cat account, I think. I don't have Pinterest. I have an Instagram. Oh, sorry, Instagram, whatever. Pinterest. It's still fucking lame. What do you think I am, a faggot? <laughs> yes, totally. Pinterest. Pinterest. Like a, no, Instagram. <laughs> he has an Instagram account for the cat. Have you seen it, Wackerly? No. He Gay. hates Wackerly hates Instagram. Gay. It's terrible. <laughs> On your Pinterest account, do you put like, you know, your homemade cat treat, like sesame cat treat recipes that you make in your oven? First of all, it's an Instagram account. And yes, I do on my Instagram account, not Pinterest. So I I have uh, pictures of, uh, I have pictures of my cat's paws as he's growing. You can see how big they are getting, you know. Um, I have pictures of his Here's face. I made a homemade cat toy out of some old iPod earphones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my irritable bell sister here is here and uh, Jared. And um, I know uh, Wackerly couldn't do a full show today because uh, he has some guests in from out of town. Mama and Papa Wackerly are both in town. Um, are they here for the wedding, Wackerly? No, it's not the wedding time. Not they're the here. They're just here. And so you broke the news, right? Yeah. How did it go over? Went great. They went good. Did, do they both approve? Do they object? <laughs> I don't think parents are allowed to object when you're 40 years old. Is that the first time that they met your girlfriend? Yep. Or I'm so sorry, your fiance. Your fiance. <laughs> Is there a better word than fiance? It's so like French. Betrothed? 
Is that no, even worse? <laughs> That's like betrothed is like I like the Ren Fair. I go every week. My spouse to be. <laughs> That's why you just have to get fucking married, so you don't have to use these weird words. And then you gotta say wife. My wife. Wife is fun. You can't just say my uh, backdoor girl. You say like the ball and chain. <laughs> so my sister uh, was, I would say, astonished. You guys dismayed to find out that you're not having a wedding and when I told I'm her about a, it no no no, no. I oh you are yeah we're having a wedding wait so what, what's, having a wedding. Wait, what's the deal when's, when's the wedding I didn't even get an invite no then you, none of, nobody's invited oh, <laughs> except for a close circle of uh, witnesses and relatives we're in that close circle and we're having a wedding oh I think you've misjudged things <laughs> <laughs> I have it so, I have a plan wait so you're just having a little group you guys are probably what gonna go get like Bob Evans afterwards like what, what's going on here is it just a small little thing yeah basically courthouse so, oh it's like so your whole family's gonna be there. what about your brothers are you gonna be there what about uh, Uncle Wacker no uncles? No, no, my parents, her parents. Her, her brother and sister will be there because they live nearby. And uh, is it... Do you guys really want all these details? It's super interesting. Yeah, <laughs> what, are, what are we supposed Should to I wear? Yeah, what, what's the, what is the dress code? <laughs> you're, Stephanie, you're not invited. How can I make it any more clear? <laughs> I have, we're going to be there. <laughs> I don't think she understands. I, can't, I don't think she processes this. You guys never leave the tenderloin. Do you think I'm really scared that you're going to crash a Santa Cruz courthouse wedding? I will be there for your wedding. No, you won't. Yes. You will not leave the tenderloin. You know, uh, you could probably do the, F, the dinner in the tenderloin. There's, we could. We yeah. could do it buffet Actually, style. Actually, I'm a little worried because restaurant. you're in L.A. now, which is disproving my theory that you don't leave the tenderloin. So now I'm a little scared. So Stephanie has a plan. She's already, when I told her that you're getting married, she's like, all right, she started planning. She doesn't know your budget, but she's got a plan and I don't know, it might work. Why don't don't you pitch it to him? Well, first I want to, because when I meet with my clients, I want to find out a little bit about your vision. So from when you were a little boy, what did you vision on this day? I just told you. <laughs> I envisioned going to a courthouse with nobody there and just having it be extremely Wait, short. Let me clarify this. So Stephanie is a uh, an event planner. She does weddings for a living. So she has clients and she I'll does this on a lot. professional level. So uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I was really into uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I, I, I've done a Dungeons and Dragons wedding. I can do that. You've done a, dun- a D&D wedding? Really <laughs> yeah, we've had some weird things. Yeah. We could pull that off, Wackerly. What does your fiancé want? What does she envision? Uh, you know, I mean, for her, just me being there. It's not, as long as she's not here, I'm going to speak for her. <laughs> for her, just me being there, you know, in a suit is like the most magnificent thing that she could ever imagine. Oof. Yeah. No, no, no. So okay. wait, what is... Okay, tell them your idea okay. and let's see if this will work. And be honest about it. Let me know what you think, your honest please opinions. be honest. It is the time of the year for please be honest. So yeah. I'm thinking that destination is what we should do because obviously I know you don't want a big wedding and we want it to be in more of an intimate affair with your closest family and friends. So I'm thinking about maybe 50 of us. And in I, Bay City? No, no, no. We're going to rent... That's a, where I think we're going to go to Michigan next year, though, so we could just double it up. We could have it in Bay City, the home of... The Simon clan. It's too far. Yeah, I mean, we can do basically. But That's I th- the whole point of a destination wedding. No, is but it's I think too this far. is perfect. Yeah, but this is this is better because yeah. it's far. It's not even that far, but it's but it's still you know like not everybody's going to go to it. It's about two hours from San Francisco, and it's a town called Belden. Have you ever heard of Belden? You I've can Belding. No, it's called Belden. You can rent the town, <laughs> and so what I'm thinking is is we can call it Wackerville. 
and have a whole weekend planned with festivities, basically. So the we would get there Friday night, and maybe we'd start. And it's more of a town where you camp. It's very small, so you have all what the what stuff. Are, what's going to happen to all the town residents? There Is isn't anybody. There isn't that many people that live there. It's like displaced. It's a fake town. Yeah. You just rent the town. So do you rent people to work at the like the shops? No, there's like there's a general store, and then there's a lodge. And then there's there's restrooms and that's about it. I It'd mean, be like Deadwood. What's a restroom? Restroom. That sounds good. Like because oh. they even mention in all the advertising stuff that they actually have working restrooms. Which oh, so is, it's not an outhouse. No, it's not an outhouse. But it's just like a it's a very rundown sort of lodge, and people can camp. And um, there's a lodge that you and your fiance can stay in overnight, so it'll be very romantic. Warm. How do you say that word again? Fiance. Oh. Um, is, is there entertainment? Yeah, we're gonna have a live band. Hmm. Yeah, we can right. have a do banjo. I have to put a deposit down, or you can just do all this planning. No, no, no. We need to. We need to definitely put a deposit down. But let's first talk about just how the weekend's gonna flow. So Friday night, everyone will get into town. You guys probably should come up around Thursday, and I'll be there with you. Um, and we'll walk through the grounds. <laughs> and I think that Friday night we should have just more of a mellow evening, maybe with some some. We could start with karaoke. When is Jeffrey going to be there? Well, Jeffrey's the officiant. Yeah, but is he going to need to be there the whole weekend or just Friday? Oh, no. Or Saturday? Is the wedding Who's Saturday? make sure that Jeffrey's there on time? Jer. <laughs> Jer's pretty good at doing that. Jer's responsible for Jer Jeffrey. Jer can corral Jeffrey. I always get the impossible task and then yeah. go, go make it happen. But he I'm, carry like a dildo on a stick instead of a carrot on a stick. Just a butt plug. In front of his face. <laughs> But I know you don't want to make a big deal out about the deal of this. And I mean, we could do the wedding website, but I was thinking we could even start with just like basically like a flyer. Like we're taking people to camp, Camp Wackerville. Why don't you do something more like because maybe I could just have a Pinterest page. Yeah, Wackerly's into Game of Thrones. Why not do something more like Renaissance themed? You know, like That's Ren Faire. No, because, uh, you know, the uh, I'm like an Internet celebrity, you know, techno tech guy. But and oh, then yeah. That guy from Sean Napster Parker, just, yeah. the Napster guy. Running that. To, he like, copy his shit. Yeah. And he has way more money than you. How much do you think this is going to cost? What if it was like a steampunk theme or um, like, Stephanie's done that? Yeah. Do steampunk. Um, I think the whole thing. I think we if we invite, let's say, 50, we could probably get away with 50 and 75,000. 50 to 75,000. So will we have mics set up so we can podcast live? I don't see why not. The Would you whole, be down with that? Fun, is there enough money in the t-shirt fund for fifty to 75000 <laughs> We're not paying this. This is something your mom and dad will probably pay for. No, no. This is all... I mean, it's, it's all... By discussing it on the show, it's now part of the show. Well, I mean, but in this day and age, usually the groom pays for it. Is that how it works? The, no, the groom's family? I mean, out of the t-shirt fund. I mean, the... <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever pay... What's, the, what's the, your cap in, spe- in spending money for your uh, wedding? Literally, yeah, literally. Like, what's your cap here? I expect cat. The cap will be. Let me think about this. Cap is probably like, let's say four thousand, and I don't expect to hit that. So wait, four grand. What can you do? Can he rent just the restroom in this town? That's not even going to cover that linen suit we're going to have you in. Some room. I'm paying for some lodging for some people, and then I'm going to take some people out to a big sort of. Uh, what it's not brunch, but in the afternoon, lunch, lunch. sort of dinner thing, <laughs> late lunch, and then I'll pay for a dinner for an even smaller group of people. Well, no, That's I mean if people are traveling out this far, you're gonna need to 
provide a whole weekend of festivities. Oh, you're talking about your fake idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You already said that that's 50 grand. So. I would I mean, say it's a, about 50 grand because we have to pay for transportation. What if my, okay, what if my cap is 40? Then what are we going to cut out? 40,000? Yeah. But it's just for the we'll sake just go of to buffet instead of family <laughs> instead of family style we'll do buffet. Oh, you could save family ten grand. Family more expensive than buffet. Yeah, but you need less labor. So I think we can get away with buffet, and we can have your favorite foods. What do you like wait, to eat? Wait, wait, but I thought you I thought you were offering your services for free. You're not going to bring the food out to people. I don't cook. <laughs> she, I didn't ask you to cook. She's the organizer. Cook. Yeah, I'm in so a planet. Buffet or family style, you still have to have people cook the food. Yeah, the we're going to have to hire. I would assume is in the service. We're going to have to hire a caterer. Hmm. So the labor and right. the food costs all in one. The caterer can make one. the food and bring it there, but you can you can run it. No, 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 no. They they provide the labor to service it. So they'll Yeah, be, but you were going to cut the cost. No, no, no. It just means we that change means the type of food You're awfully difficult service. to work with. I'm writing your Yelp <laughs> review right now. <laughs> you know, she got a pretty negative. Didn't you get a negative Yelp review not that long ago? It was a fake Yelp review. Yeah, but what did the lady say? She called me a hussy. A hussy, yeah. I thought it was a smelly hussy. A, okay, a smelly hussy. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate that word, smelly. What, why? I wonder what she meant by smelly. Like, like your pussy be stankin' or your ass be stankin'? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I don't smell. Do I? Oh, Jer? No. <laughs> I was going to say no comment. All right, all right. We got to move on. But, uh, Wackily, there, there's an idea for you to uh, think about. It's kind of a half-baked idea. Well, we were stoned when we came up with it. But uh, you you should think about this. Maybe you guys can haggle back and forth and uh, figure well, out a cost that might work. We should have a meeting. A plan. Okay, Plans. when you get I back. I feel like you're giving, I feel like this 50 to 75, I mean, this is like, you're giving me the retail price. What about the friends and family Jew price? All right, we, can, we, can, we could probably get it down, Lancey. He drives a hard bargain, this guy. We could get it down. As long as we can have a wedding, I'll figure out the price. You tell me the budget. All right. All right. This this could work. This could work. We'll and then it's offline. We'll take this to private message. All right. Well, and we'll keep people updated. So um, this is the uh, spectacular Halloween show. Uh, we went to a Halloween party last night. It's like a precursor. Um, was it in West Hollywood? No, it was actually within walking distance. It was like a a, a multiple birthday party thing. I see. Stephen Jair went as uh, Pinhead and Lobster Boy from American Horror Story. So wait, American Horror, Horror Story has a has a pinhead character. They're just completely ripping off the movie uh, Clive Barker Hellraiser movies. They're freaks, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's why, do they have a character named Freddy Krueger? No, but it's Who's a Freddy Krueger. It's no, a freak no, the show. One American Horror Story. No, it's it's a freak show. You got to have pinheads at a freak show. Oh, not pinhead. Oh, not pinhead. Pinhead. A that would pin. be great. I kind of like American Horror Story. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they could combine the two. That might be good. Um, but yeah, there was a, it was a good costume. So speaking of Halloween, um, Wackerly, what are uh, what's your costume going to be? Uh, a scary ghost. Scary ghost. Lame. So lame. So are you doing classic. anything? It's a classic costume. Are you uh, doing anything for Halloween? Yeah, I'm going to dress up as a scary ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just what? Pass out candy to I your kids? I thought you were going to loan me your sheet. I was going to cut another hole in it to my other eye. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want that sheet anywhere near your face. I'll dry clean it first. <laughs> you know what? You know what's kind of funny? The uh, VP of production, she's like a VP of my company, is having a party for like tonight, actually. She's having a party tonight and invited just like all the managers. What are all these people co-opting extra weekends for Halloween? Because uh, Halloween weekend is too busy, so they do it before. That's like, 
he can't do like like I'm not popular enough to have for people to come to my party, so I'll just have it on a completely different date. Dude, That's who's gonna bogus. go to who's gonna go to a, your boss's Halloween party? Like, would you Let's ever go to your boss's crumbles. Halloween party? That's the way the cookie crumbles. You suck. Nobody came to your party. Don't have a party next year. Oh no, I'll just have it but, on November third. But you know what though? It was kind of like you have to go to this party. That was the way uh, the Evite went around. They're like, yeah, you probably should show up there. And I was just like, I'm not fucking going to yes, this he, stupid party. Your cat is sick. Remember? Sounds like uh, Wackerly speaking of experience about people not coming to parties. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Are you talking about that Super Bowl party fucking, yet? I, I didn't am. fucking tape the Super Bowl and then try and watch it three weeks later. Hey, everybody, you coming to my Super Bowl party? Oh, we have another Super Bowl. No, you don't, because it's not on the Super Bowl Sunday. He's so disgruntled. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but this is his typical attitude he's, and demeanor when he does the podcast. He's getting married. He's starting a whole new life. He should be excited. His parents are in town. It's, it's stressful. I can understand that. Yeah, it's irritating me. I have to admit. So... Uh, I'm extra irritated because I have to take my parents around later. Yeah, have you been showing the sites of uh, Alameda? Oh, so many sites. Oh, yeah, see. That's, that's, that's got to be a pain. Uh, we're going to uh, the Queen Mary tonight. That's the site that you guys are going to see. <laughs> what, are your sister and Jer like 80 years old? <laughs> it's Dark Harbor. They make the Queen Mary into this big-ass haunted house. Dark Harbor. It's, right. it's, see, that's the thing with L.A. You celebrate Halloween the whole fucking month. You don't just do are it. You taking some, are you taking Jer somewhere to watch the game in like a half hour at least? Yes, we are doing that. That's yeah, why I'm yeah. trying to rush through the show. Um, but yeah, Dark Harbor tonight and uh, Halloween festivities. Uh, maybe we'll even watch some scary movies. You remember, Jer, last uh, Christmas when you guys were here, we were watching The Conjuring. And Stephanie, I think you almost shit yourself. Yeah, you were so, so scary. scary. Yeah. Stephanie can't deal with the. Uh, it's not even that scary. Yeah, it was. was really scary compared to what? Yeah, just I don't know. I know I don't find those movies to be scary. I like what them. What movie do you find to be scary? Um, let's see, Gone Girl. Did you see that movie? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's scary. It's a fucking scary ass movie. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't find uh, Conjuring to be that scary. I thought it was a good movie. But you were screaming. I was screaming. Yeah, you were screaming. You know what? Uh, Annabelle. They made a whole movie about the doll. So maybe we'll watch yeah, that I heard one. it wasn't as good, but I'll still see it. I, I think we'll still check it out. It's, it's good to watch out. What, what is your favorite uh, Halloween horror movie there, Wacker? The Exorcist Part 3. It's a good movie. I think, you know what? I, uh, I just bought Basket Case on DVD. I think we're going to watch yeah, that. That's a good one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Frank and Hooker afterwards. Anyway, Spooktacular Show. Coming up next, we have an interview with special effects artist George Frangadakis. I don't even know how to say his last name. Frangadakis? It's very Greek. Uh, he owns a company called Immortal Mass. Technically, the Frangadakis is the doctor, <laughs> not the creature. <laughs> <laughs> he owns a company called Immortal Mass. It's one of the biggest F, um, FX companies here in L.A. He's done a bunch of movies. So we're going to talk, talk about him. Uh, talk with him, but you know what? Uh, he also used to own the first strip club I ever worked at called the Brass Rail. It was a family business. Did you guys ever go there in San Jose? Mm-mm. Uh, Wackerly and I went there. I went there. I like the Brass Rail because it sounds like if like TJI Fridays opened a <laughs> strip club. <laughs> the Brass Rail. It's old timey. Strippers have fucking uh, suspenders on and shit. Is there a Western theme? <laughs> well, no, but there is like railing around the stage, the brass rail that they hold on to. It's was like, there? Was it's there covered was in pool, herpes. Right? <laughs> but you know what was weird about that place? Uh, they didn't get naked. Remember that? Yeah. They just kind of danced around. So it was like kind a cabaret like bar. Strip. It wasn't a real strip club. 
Well, it was more of a bar, like a sports bar. Yeah. But then, show tits? well, no, what they would do because there's some like uh, local ordinance about it. Uh, they would have to go in a back room and tape themselves, taking off their tops, and so you could see it on monitors. Did? Yeah, you could see it on monitors That's of them bizarre. showing their tits. Yeah, it was really weird. That's weird. But you can get like lap dances, and you can do other regular strip club activities. But it was in San Jose, and it was the first time I'd ever actually uh, DJed a strip club. And I kind of sucked. And it was too far to drive, so I ended up getting a job uh, in Broadway at the Roaring Twenties. And the rest is history. You can read the book. Um, so coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, George Frankadakis, and then we have some spooktacular phone calls. Uh, before this, uh, before we get to that, uh, here's a word from the sponsor. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you'd love more, right? Well, adamandeve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. Select one item and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter offer code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E at adamandeve.com. Hello. Hey, George. It's uh, D calling here from Sick and Wrong. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Yeah, doing all right, man. Thanks for uh, being on the right. show today. I know uh, it's like, aren't you guys like right in the middle of the busiest season are, of the year here? We are wrapping up our Halloween, our Halloween time now. Yeah. Yeah, it's we are like actually in the shop on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, working away. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like you guys must be slammed. Like, is it uh, like is Halloween your busiest time of year, or um, are you just steady throughout the year? We're pretty steady. I mean, we see certain spikes, but. Um, we are we are definitely year round now. Um, we are you know we're hoping that we'll we'll catch a little bit of breath maybe in November, but it's not totally looking that way right now. Um, and, and we have kind of two seasons. It's not you know, everyone attributes Halloween to October, but uh, haunted attractions and, and theme parks are kind of our uh, our, our big uh, client base, and they start very early. They, they start really as early as wrapping up Halloween. So you're talking about like uh, Universal Studios, that kind of thing, like Horror Nights? Sure. Yeah, I mean, of that sort. You know, theme parks, uh, larger private haunts. Um, you know, we have like things like out here in Southern California, uh, haunted attractions like Sinister Point. Uh, they're not attributed to a theme park, but they have a location and they have a, you know, a really big haunt, a big following. Or, you know, or the Haunted Hayride um, or the, the Queen Mary, which are, are held at specific attractions, but they have production companies that actually hold those there tons of them just like all of the united states all over the world for that matter where where are the uh, you know i was going to get to this in a bit but why not just talk about it now where are the sure. biggest haunts like what's your, what's your favorite haunt well i mean they're you know favorite i i, I probably shouldn't claim favorites just because uh yeah. they're all you know they're all clients of ours but in, in fairness to them too they all have a really cool you know specific things so there's there's a lot of you know uh, great you know large-scale haunts and smaller scale haunts you know can't count them out too around the United States, but some of the bigger, like more private ones, um, uh, the Darkness, House of Torment, um, you know, uh, Netherworld. Are those uh, local? Like, are those Californian? Or? Uh, all over. No, man. We're, I mean, uh, I think uh, you know, uh, House of Torment. There were like three states. Uh, they have they have multiple haunts. Uh, let's see. Um, House of you know, Torment. Uh, the Darkness That's a good name. Is in uh, St. Louis, it's a year-round haunt. Uh, Bennett's Curse is on the East Coast. Uh, we have another one, a great, a great, you know, client of ours that has a really cool theme. It's called Dan's Haunted House, and they're in Austin, Texas. 
and they did a Japanese theme uh, haunt this year, which is really cool. We provided all kinds of really cool, like uh, our Oni masks and a lot of really like, uh, custom masks that we did for them that were Japanese or. That, that's one thing the Japanese do. They excel at. They can really do a scary ass horror movie. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. And it was really cool to see an American haunt, um, you know, take notice of that and and, and utilize what we've seen in Japanese horror and, uh, and and apply it to a full haunted attraction. You know, there's a documentary that just came out about uh, haunts throughout the country. I think throughout the world, like I, some of the most famous haunts. I, I, yeah, I, I know. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I, but I know about it. I know some people are involved with it, and uh, and yeah, it's just it's a huge. I mean, you know, it's funny. It, you, you, you know, I, I we come from predominantly a film background, you know, and uh, and the film industry, kind of like the music industry, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, and um, and, and how we experience things is is you know is is something that, you know, it's, it's also changing. And what we're starting to see is interactive theater and, and haunted attractions, which are interactive, you know, where it's another reason for people to leave the couch, you know, and go do something and, and, and be part of it. And, and so we're starting to see this really cool evolution of what once was just your standard haunted house now being more of an interactive experience and not only limited to Halloween. Um, groups like uh, the Great Horror Campout. We've seen that they they take that they franchise it into this thing where they're doing these all night haunts and they do it through the summer. Because wow. it's really about the horror genre, not necessarily Halloween. Huh. So wait, so they they do uh, they do camping night like camping weekends where you just it's a horror camp yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they do they do an overnight, it's a twenty four hour uh, haunt centered around the like, camping. It's pretty cool. I mean, we we were um, we we actually were with them from the very beginning. They uh, they they were on Shark Tank. They actually got they they got the largest. Uh, largest donation ever by Mark Cuban. He invested two million into uh, helping them franchise this. It started a year ago, and they're the ones that actually put on the haunted hayride here at Griffith Park in LA. Oh uh, man, yeah. And they're, they're really cool people. And we did a bunch of masks for them, and we actually were part of the trial audience last year when they first gave it a go. And now they franchise it. They're all over the United States. So, so what do you do? You you uh, you buy a ticket for the weekend, or is it just one night? It's, it's one night. Um, you can do. They do it. I think they they go for like three nights at each location. So you could technically probably do it for multiple nights, although I think one night's enough because you're going to be up all night. Uh, and you come in there at, at dusk, and they start off with all kinds of, they, they have a, you know, like a big campfire thing where they have like this guy that, that masters ceremonies. And they have an area where there's like drive-in movies, like you, like you sit out in this area and have a big screen up. And then they have the full interactive stuff, which is like a scavenger hunt. It's kind of a, in, uh, it's involved in, you know, they, they, they take you through little mazes, but you're looking for things. And, you come back, and then everyone kind of they had this time. I think where everyone's like supposed to go back to their tents and go to bed, and they they let you in there for about an hour, I think, and then they, they send in the monsters and they start killing people out of tents, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> Man, it goes yeah. all the way to the morning. Yeah, so it's yeah. like like Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because it's, it's really what it looked like on their initial flyers. Yeah, that 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 is scary. So so Immortal Mass, that's your company. Um, it is, and you you work with some of the uh, the biggest artists in the industry, right? Well, you know, we're, we're, we're friends with a lot of them. That's a, that's a cool thing. I mean, my, my partner, Andrew Freeman, is a, I mean, I, I, you know, he's pretty well known now. He definitely, I think, was an up-and-comer. Now he's, he's kind of a leader uh, in, in sculpting. He's an amazing artist and one of the best artists I've seen. Um, and, you know, when you're here in Los Angeles and you work in the film and you work in the effects industry, it's, there's a really nice sense of community. Um, it's not as big as everyone would think it'd be, and we all start to know each other and become friends. So we're lucky enough to have access to some of the best artists in the industry that you know to come and sculpt for us if we want them to. Like uh, Frank Ippolito. 
Like, yeah. is that guy Frank, sought Frank after? Works, Frank, Frank works with us, yeah. But, I mean, do you guys have to, like, go out and recruit different artists? Like, is there competition, or is it just kind of like everybody's really, like, friendly not, rivalry? Not really. I mean, everyone's looking for work, you know? It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's what we do for a living. So, um, I, I never find it to be uh, competitive. I find it to be very collaborative, you know? And, and when we come up with an idea for a, sculpt, a sculpture and we're thinking maybe a specific artist might be good for it, we, we hit them up and we see what their availability is. And yeah. if it's not today, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks they can go ahead and sculpt this for us. You ever work you with know? Tom Savini? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't see Tom working as an effects artist as much these days. He has a school. You know, uh, Tom actually, uh, we, we, we saw Tom a couple of weeks ago at uh, in Monster Palooza. Uh, he bought three masks from us. So uh, I, I guess he's a fan. That's good. Well, that's gonna but be most of, uh, he's, he's more East Coast located. Um, you know, we, we, we're kind of, we pull from uh, who's out here you know, in, in Los Angeles and he's available. So uh, friends of ours like George Shell sculpted for us, uh, James Cagle, um, you know, Dave Smith, hmm. um, a great artist. Yeah, Frank, uh, you know? I had uh, Frank on my show, The Obscenesters. It was uh, a show I did with a friend of mine at T-Radio sure. V a while ago. But we had Frank on the show. It was right, I think, uh, when he was wrapping up Face Off. Like, it was just towards the end of Face Off. Um, sure. you know, the show Face Off, has that been a, a, a great way to promote the industry? Has it uh, helped you guys, like, uh, boost awareness? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I mean, Frank, Frank's our mold maker, so, so that's, you know, there's a plus right there. So, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, you know I've known Frank for a really long time. Um, and so, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't Face Off that drew me to Frank by any means. It was Frank's talent, and, and, you know, and I knew him already. Um, but, but, I mean, I, I have hired because of Face Off, yeah, of course, and, I've had plenty of friends. God, I think probably like seventy percent of the contestants have done that show are, are you know are a friend of mine. Um, and as far as it's, what it does for the industry, well, I mean, it makes people more aware that this is a possibility. You know, I I, I, you know, I grew up uh, in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, and, and I, I didn't go into the film industry, you know, at, at eighteen or you know, directing myself that way because I didn't think that it was possible. There wasn't really. Um, anything in the Bay Area that was attuned towards the film industry. So if it was something that I was interested in, it was kind of like a pipe dream, you know, where if you grew up in Los Angeles area, you're, you're, you're yeah, immersed, yeah, in, you're immersed you know? in it. It's like a family job, you know? Um, so, so I think what Face Off does is it, it, it shows people who may be interested in pursuing, uh, you know, the artistic effects realm. And there's a lot of things. It's not just movie effects. I mean, obviously we, we, we do film effects too, but we have a commercial-based company with our masks. Um, and I think what it does is it shows them that there is a chance to make a living out of something that you're interested in and that you can hone as a craft. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think there's definite benefit for it. Yeah, I definitely think it uh, brings a lot of awareness uh, to the field, and it's it's a fun show. Uh, wasn't uh, Elvira on it or hosted like a dinner last year? I, you know, I she did think, something. You know, yeah, self admittedly because of that because. because certain seasons come up during my busy time I, I i don't get to catch every single show and it's like funny because i have like i said i have friends that are on it and, uh, and they're pretty cool about being secret about you know when when they got kicked off or when you know <laughs> or if they win what do you win on that show like do you get a i mean do you get cash prize you know, i think yeah the, the, i think the grand prize is a you know is a hundred thousand dollars uh, I think some makeup, something to do with whatever makeup sponsor they're doing at the time, and I think recently has been like a fiat. <laughs> I think I think the first season, we had a lot of friends on season one and the, the initial season. I, I think it was a lot less, and the you know, and they, they, you know, they their big their big getaway was like uh, Vasquez Rock, which you know everybody out here in the film industry shot at one point in time or another. Now they're 
setting the Japan and they're giving them a fiat. And so <laughs> it's, it's taken off a little bit since the a first, uh, the first year. Poor, poor Frank was on that. Another one of our employees, um, uh, Gage Munster, was on season one, and uh, <laughs> and, and Gage is in the same kind of same boat, you know. So, so yeah. Immortal Mass, you guys do a lot of uh, mass and special effects for film. Uh, what films have you guys worked yeah. on? Like, what films have you worked on? Well, as a, as that a I would company, know. Um, now, Immortal Mass is interesting. We're, we're only, we're, we're about four years old, but I really like our, our newest incarnation is only about, about two years old. And, and Andrew Freeman and I are the, the co-owners, and, um, and, you know, and his wife, Michelle. And, uh, and Andrew and I met actually working at VGPSX, uh, about almost five years ago now, um, you know, and I, I came in actually as an intern. And about three months later, I was promoted to a studio supervisor, um, and uh, and we, we met there, and uh, and we worked together for for years. And uh, when we kind of it was time to move on, um, you know, we I, I left for my own reasons, and Andrew left for his own reasons. It was just a strange set of circumstances that uh, that led us to to partner. Uh, it was just really coincidental timing. You know, he, he'd split with his previous partner. Uh, you know, he was familiar with how I work as a supervisor and, and, and what I can bring to the table to a company. And uh, he called me up, and uh, I was available. And, you know, he said, would you come take a look at my company? And I said, sure. Uh, I came in, actually, as Andrew's employee for about three months, and uh, it was just a good fit. It was one of those things where we're, we're, we're buddies, and, and we saw what this company had potential for doing, and we, I, I partnered with him. And, and it worked uh, out. We kind of rolled from there. So, but together, you know, Andrew and I worked on, oh God, you know, countless, you know, films, a lot of low-budget horror movies. Uh, we did some, you know, some of the best work we were, you know, we were proud of is uh, working the Devil's Carnival 1. Um, it's a good movie. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And, uh, I like, uh, to a lasting. I like, um, uh, Hansel and Gretel Get Baked. Did you guys do that oh, one? yeah, we did that too. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was for a producer friend of mine, uh, you know, James Cotton and, uh, and the director, Dwayne, Dwayne Journey, who's become a really good friend and, uh, and yeah, we we uh, we were on that with Laura Flynn Boyle, and yeah, well, and, uh, she played the witch, right? She did, yeah. And it was, it was she like so yeah. she she was it was kind of like uh, I guess uh, yeah, obviously a parody of uh, Hansel and Gretel, but she had like a house where she had her own kind of weed that she would coax teenagers in so she could eat yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was called Black Forest uh, Black Forest Weed, and, <laughs> and all the kids were going to this old lady, and it was really just a ploy to get them to come over and and then fall into the, the, the normal house on Gretel updated version of things and uh molly quinn from uh, the show castle was uh, was gretel she was awesome what about the um did you work on like a, a horror christmas movie i did yeah we uh i was i was with vincent uh, him and i were out in canada doing the uh the remake of silent night deadly night called silent night for director stephen miller and uh that was, that was a lot of fun it was a fast shoot it was crazy um I love Steven. He's awesome. He's, he was one of, my, one of my favorite directors to work with. It's like a murderous uh, Santa. What's that? Was it like a murderous Santa, like a really violent Santa that would just go yeah, kill people? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a remake of, a, of an 80s horror slasher film. And it, uh, it, it, there's, there's some great you know, like stories about, about the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. The original Silent Night, Deadly Night was actually pulled from theaters. It was, uh, it was given one of the worst reviews ever by Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> um, and it was, it was, and, and people were up in arms over, you know, that no one wanted Santa to be their killer. The funny thing about, about, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night is, you know, a footnote in history of, of films, and it's, it's cult classic. It opened, when it opened, it opened bigger than another horror movie that came out that same week. And it, that, that horror movie was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, wow. It really <laughs> actually opened up bigger. Yeah, yeah. 
And so years later, they did they did a series of of, of Silent Nights, uh, you know, Silent Night. I think I think up to five or Silent Night, Silent Night to five, and kind of went away and fell off into obscurity. And uh, and then uh, they came back and um and did a did a you know a bigger budget remake of it. Of course, most most horror movies these days they go to they they you know, they find viewership quicker on a uh, on demand and Netflix and stuff like that. So it was it wasn't straight to that. It did open up in a couple theaters, but um it, it went straight to to Netflix and, and DVD. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so when you watch a horror film as an effects artist, uh-huh. are you overly critical? Like like Walking Dead, do you watch and be like, I could have done yeah, those zombies yeah, am, but it, make it, it, it better? In a good way, because you know I'm I'm you know, I'm a horror plus man. I'm, I'm one of those guys like you know that used to watch horror movies with my you know, my my hands over my eyes. <laughs> so, you know, because it's funny coming down here. I mean, I'm a, I'm you know I'm a sci-fi freak from the from the get-go. So I think before I, I entered the film industry, I, I wasn't so much of a, a horror fan. Uh, and now I am. I you know, have a lot more respect for the horror genre, and, and then because I have so many friends that work in it, and I watch what they put into it, you know. And yeah, now now for sure, I have an easier time watching. I'm actually more fast. Like, oh, I think they did it like that. You know? <laughs> so what what uh, what do you think of some of the best effects out there right now? Like, what do you think of Walking Dead? I love the Walking Dead. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 watch it. It's funny because we, it's definitely we have a critical eye and a fan eye too. So like, even here at the at the shop, you know. We're, we're pretty in tune with like with the Walking Dead and American Horror Story, especially now. Yeah, like, American Horror Story. Yeah, see, because what we do is we all come back and we, they'll be the first thing the next day. We're like, hey, did you see those? You know, did you see that those those waterlogged zombies? And we're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And we you know get inspiration from things like that because we you know kind of like bringing a computer who's doing their their homework, you know, going, well, how are we going to present this 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 zombie in the water differently than we did with the well zombies we did in the, in the previous seasons? You know, it's, it's cool to see like the coloration they choose and things like that. And, those yeah. are great influences on, on someone like us because, you know, we, we make these custom silicone masks, you know, and they're, and they're expensive. But what we do is we allow for our customer base to go ahead and, and, and choose how they want us to paint them. So it's like we, we, we on our website, and, you know, we, we throw up the paint examples, but they're just examples. That's it. It's just kind of a guideline. Really, honestly, we'll paint these any way you want to. So shows like The Walking Dead, you know, when they, when they present a zombie like that, you know, it might kind of present an opportunity for a customer to call us up and go, you know those waterlogged zombies, how they're really pale and kind of a like grayish, you know, I can do it like this and we'd be happy to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's like a challenge. So you guys do yeah. a lot of custom masks. Do you ever get, like, any really outlandish, weird requests? You're just like, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, we, we do. Um, I think the ones that are the most unnerving are the ones where, like, somebody, somebody calls them and goes, can you make a mask of me? Or like, uh, <laughs> Wait, of themselves? I- <laughs> yeah, we've had that happen twice. What's the point? And uh, and both times, kind of like it's like you know, it's a series of, of email exchanges, and then you you kind of finally you kind of get to that point where you're like, um, so why do you need this? Yeah, and they're like, you know, you get they get their response like, I assure you, it's for nothing illegal. I just need to be at two places at the same time. They're like, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work. You know, it, 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 what happens is you know, there's, there's these masks are great. They they look real. They they're awesome. But if I made a mask of me. And let's say you put it on. Well, the way your face is, your, your head size is, is different than my head size, right? So you put it on, it's going to look like me, but with a little bit of distortion, you know? It's going to kind of look like a cross between me and you. If people think that they're going to magically be transformed into whoever they choose. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I mean, I've seen uh, some of the uh, these guys have been robbing banks, like dressed up as like a, a black guy. But it's actually, you know, a yeah, white dude. I think we're the only uh, the only silicone mask company that has the distinction of not having anybody rob a bank with our masks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and maybe it's because you know, we, 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 
we're monster guys. And Andrew and I come from 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 a love of like of horror and, and, and sci-fi. And, uh, and and while we do realisms, and we're definitely starting to to, uh, to branch out into more realistic human masks, I think our heart was always you know twofold. It was one, it was in monsters, and two is recognizing that our client base comes from the haunted attraction industry first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. They want monsters, not old men. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, you know, but we, now we have, we just did this the guy, like, uh, Gordy, which is kind of a fat guy and we're doing these, we, we're, we're doing some more realistic looking masks. And so. Have you seen that, uh, that, that, uh, website it was going around actually, I was trying to get him on the show too. It's, this guy does this thing called Femme Skin where they dress up in like a female, it's like a female yeah, bodysuit. It's part of the, uh, it's part of the masker community, um, where, where people, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a. I, I guess it's sort of in the fetish community. It's sort of like a like a, 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 a certain way of presenting transgenderism. Um, you know, and, and it, you know, it is a market for sure. Um, I can't say that we're we're looking to get into it. Or yeah, not I was about to yet. say, I haven't really <laughs> reached that yet. Hey, break into well, that. You know, hey, listen. I, I far be it for me to decide who, what you want to do in one of our maps. If it appeals to you, it appeals to you. It's just that we. Uh, I wish I could tell you that we had a great marketing, you know, strategy. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're, we're, we run this company on the principle that we're, we're big kids. Uh, we run this company on the principle that we are providing something that Andrew and I, as children, would have loved to have. You know? And so when we do that, I think we approach our, our designs kind of like big kids. I mean, we do. We, we call each other. You know, our, our, our grand meeting over like what we're going to do next is you're literally a phone call at nighttime after we've wrapped the day up. And, we go, hey, that would be cool. And we're like, yeah, that'd be really cool. And next thing you know, we're, we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You're passionate about it. I can see that. And yeah, and yeah and if yeah. you you know, if you want to go out and like get blowjobs wearing one of the masks, why not? Hey, you know what? All the power to you. Do what you want. Once you pay for it, it's yours. So uh, real quick, George, I want to uh, highlight a bit of history that uh, we have. Um, yeah. You used to work at the first, well, you used to manage because it was a family-run business. The first strip club I ever worked at. So uh, this I, was I, years yeah, ago. Actually, the oldest, oldest single-owned operated uh, gentleman's club west of the Mississippi. It was my grandfather who started in 1959. It's called the Brass Rail. It's in uh, Sunnydale, <laughs> California. And uh, yeah, my family's owned it since, uh, since the 60s. And uh, I uh, dropped out of dental school when I was in my <laughs> 20s. And I... <laughs> Uh, I, I ended up uh, running a, a strip club for ten years. Wow, ten years! You managed. Is, is that place? Uh, is that place still around? So Brass Rail is still operating. It is. It is. Yeah, my my, my grandfather, you know, passed away about four years ago, and, uh, and you know, he up until the time he passed away, he was going to work every day. So a, a little bit of it, it, it's heart and soul, you know, kind of what my grandfather and my great uncle, his brother, who, who passed away a year ago. But uh, but my dad and you know, my dad and, and, and the. Uh, and the cousins have kind of taken up the mantle, and they're they're doing their best. Uh, although it's a very foreign industry to them. My, my father's a dentist, and he he actually owns a, a couple five star restaurants in the Bay Area. One's called Kokari, and one's called Evia in Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so it's funny that my, my dentist dad now has a strip club. We have to worry about, but it, we, you know, we all do our part. You know, to, to kind of help out. I still have cousins down there that are they run the day to days, and you know, I get phone calls now and again from them, kind of. You know, hey, uh, when you were down there, what did you do when this happened? <laughs> I don't really want to be involved in the industry anymore, but, I, you know, it was a big part of my life. And honestly, I think a lot of what I learned uh, there applies to the business that I do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially uh, some of those strippers look like they are wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's not so much that. It's just that uh, it turned out that running a strip club is not too unlike working in the film industry. And I, and I say that in a funny way, but there's some aspects of it that are, that are true. I mean, we're, 
we're dealing with odd hours. It is show business. You know? we're, we're, uh, we're, we're dealing with uh, an assorted array of egos. <laughs> and honestly, it's, a, it's, a, it's very a people-oriented industry. I mean, it's an interactive industry. You know, it's not sitting at a cubicle cube anywhere. You're working with teams. And when you're working in the bar industry, it's, it's very people-oriented. I had to, you know, that was my business. I dealt with people. So it's definitely honed some skills for me yeah. that I've applied later into, uh, into this industry. De- I mean, you definitely learn diplomacy working in a strip club. When you got to deal with strippers on a regular basis, oh, yeah. you learn how to talk to people, it's you right. learn how to it's develop right. tech, yeah, you know? One thing is, then think about the customer base. I mean, I got, you know, on one side I have your, you know, I was down there in the mid-90s, so here I have, I have your, like, your 22-year-old, like, self-made millionaire for selling an idea, and then I've got your, you know, your, your, your leader of a biker gang on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to learn my diplomacy from an array of types of people. You know, the one thing I remember about the rail that I always thought was weird is that there was no nudity on stage, right? Like, didn't they have, because yeah, of, you know, what, it, what was the deal with that? It was like a local ordinance. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, the, the, it, what it was is in Santa Clara County, they, they passed an ordinance that eventually that, uh, that said um, no live nudity in alcohol. And so yeah. what it was, it's the, the funny story about, about even how that play started, it started in 1959 as a, as a live music thing. And my grandfather was a bar guy that came from San Francisco. He had like 16 nightclubs in San Francisco with his cousins. And he consolidated and moved his family out to the peninsula area, the, the, the South Bay area. And he opened up two bars. He opened up the Sunnyvale Escort Club and he opened up the Brass Rail. And they're both live music venues. In 1962, my dad was going to uh, Berkeley. And uh, he told my grandfather, hey, you should check out these go-go dancers. And, uh, and go-go dancers were starting to catch on. So he had, he had these live bands, and he put these girls up, the go-go dancers up on stage, and more guys came in. And eventually he was like, well, you know, bands take breaks, and, uh, and they're, they're flaky, and they cost as much. So he replaced the bands with the DJs, and they kept the girls. And it, it was funny, because it was never, my grandfather was a bar guy. It, it, <laughs> the adult industry didn't interest him at all, you know? Uh, it was how many people would come in and drink, and why would they come in and drink? And the, the girls brought the guys in, and the hip tunes brought the guys in, and... Uh, so that's how it became a, a strip club, and, and back then there were there were leniencies in the law, so it was a nude club for for quite a while. And then they passed these ordinances uh, in the city of Santa Clara. And what happened is, um, interestingly enough, it was you can't really change an existing. It's called a grandfather clause. You can't change a law in a company that gets in a certain way. My grandfather, like I said, he was never really he, he the adult industry wasn't really what he was interested. in. It was a bar industry. So to keep the city off his back, what he did is he. Put, you comply with the law. He put the tops back up on the on the girls, put bikinis on them, and then he got smart. He was like, they said, no live nudity and alcohol. So what he did is he had all the girls right make a video of themselves dancing yeah. topless, and so and they and so while they were featured headline on the main, and he added like I think four stages. So he, he doubled the amount of triple for quadruple the amount of girls that could be on the on, up in the club, and uh, and then he put up uh, video monitors everywhere, and so. The girl was featured, you know, she had a video and she was featured topless and guys take a look at her, she was very topless on the stage, you know, no vibe nudity. Yeah, I just remember it being unusual because I'm like, okay, we're de- so the, girl, the girl's dancing, it's almost like a cabaret, they're dancing on stage, but then you can look up at the uh-huh. video screen and you can see their tits. So I was like, God, this place yeah, is... Yeah, and then there's a sporting, you know, game going on in one of the other monitors, or there's people playing pool, or they're in, they're in the, the hop, right? I always called it, it was a strip club that didn't know how to be a strip club. And, and the reason for that is, Honestly, my grandfather, in his life, he'd only been to one other strip club ever, ever. He never went to another strip club, didn't care what they were doing, didn't want it. Just, they, they, he's all, they don't, he's all, I don't compete with them, they compete with me. <laughs> so <laughs> he was definitely a very unique guy. 
he didn't care what other people did. But yeah, that was one thing about that bar, I remember, because I only worked there for a short time because it was like too much of a commute. But yeah. the one thing I remember about that place, it wasn't seedy. It wasn't like seedy, like the gross strip clubs that are up on Broadway in San Francisco. It was yeah, more it was like a, a bar. Yeah, it was like festive. Girls were in there hanging out, you know? I mean, it was like, it was definitely a much more like convivial like atmosphere. Strip club. Yeah, yeah. Strip club, that would have been that place. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. And uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stories came from that place. All right, so uh, yeah. so George, what are your what are your Halloween plans? Do you go all out for Halloween, or or is every day like Halloween you know, for you? Yeah, okay, uh, you know, you, yeah, um, and then I and then I I I, I bought a mask. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, we we actually tonight, yeah, tonight, uh, um, uh, my partner and I are going to uh, to the autonomous effects uh, um, costume party or Halloween party, and they're great guys, Jason Collins, Elvis Jones, they you know did. You know Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and mm. they have a. They, they used to put on this this famous uh, Halloween party. And about three years ago, they stopped doing it, uh, and they're they're resurrecting it uh, tonight. So uh, we're uh, we're lucky enough to get invites to that. And so uh, yes, we're dressing up and going going to it. Well, what are you wearing? What's what's your costume? Uh, I am actually I'm using one of our demon masks that I kind of customized for myself and uh, putting it with like a lot of really cool like armor and uh, and. and a lot of screen used costumes that I, I I acquired over the last couple of years, stuff from like from Hercules and from Spartacus, and kind of threw it all together to make this really cool medieval looking demon character. Yeah, uh, but- Andrew, my bar- partner, is actually going as a as the uh, the wheelbarrow zombie from Dawn of the Dead, the, the big fat lady. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 awesome. It really is. We fused wow. one of our big uh, our open exploded stomach chest to our, our fat guy mask, painted just like it. Put him in like a nightgown. He looks just like it's hilarious. I'm sure there's going to be some impressive costumes at that. George, thanks for being on the show, man. It's been fun uh, catching up. Thank you. So, immortalmask.com. That's where you should go to buy a custom mask. Immortalmask.com. Check out our Facebook page, Immortal Mask on Facebook. Check out our Instagram, Immortal Mask on Instagram. Um, We're always showing new stuff on our Facebook page, our Instagram. You can always get an idea of our sculptures and put them up. I mean, literally, right, right when we start sculpting something, we let, let our crowd and our fans know what's coming up next. Wow. And, uh, and then you can order directly from our website. Or you can go ahead and give us a call. We'd be happy to help you out. Cool. I have to check it out. All right, George, thanks for being on the show, man. Happy Halloween. Hey, thanks for having me. So we got some phone calls to the Sick Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, the first phone call comes from a guy who's uh, giving Wackerly um, some congrats. Congratulations on the uh, upcoming nuptials. Hey guys, Monkey with Fart here. Uh, I want to congratulate Wackerly on his proposed nuptials. And uh, I think Trucker Paul's right. You ought to start having kids, lots of them, as soon as you can. Uh, there's nothing more sick and wrong than babies. Uh, you do like my son did to me, uh, went to change his diaper, peeled it off of him. He reached down and grabbed it, threw it across the room, sending little marbles of shit everywhere. Marbles. Uh, that kind of stuff. You look forward to that. It's fun. You panic, you freak out, your wife yells at you. Uh, other than that, good luck and, uh, start dumping some loads. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Adios. <laughs> Dropping loads. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait to finally have sex. That's going to be great. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are kids in the future? Is that in the plan? Well, I mean, I believe the children are our future. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, what do what you guys about, think? What about 
<laughs> Stephanie and Jared. Yeah, well, what's been going on here? Like We're year. not talking about us, Wackerly. We're talking about you. I think. Well, that I haven't you even should... gotten started yet. I'm behind the post. Well, I've s- already made one lap. How soon are you supposed to start having kids after you get married? Like, is it within a year, six months? Are you supposed to already have a kid? Negative two months. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you get married in Michigan. Wackerville's old. He or Wackerville. (laughs) That's the town's name. (laughs) You're kind of old. You need to start right away. No, but I have the body of like a 38 year old. (laughs) That's the thing, though. uh, Even though I'm 40. It's women. Women have uh, what? You're gonna have a retard after the age of what? 37. You've heard. You guys have heard. His sperm might be all dried up. Phobias. Actually, it's with D. It's rationalization because he's trying to rationalize not having kids. No, you know what it is. I think you have up until 36 or 37. Then you get like what? 80 percent chance of having a Down syndrome kid. So right. You well, guys, you vaccines, Mr. Fucking. <laughs> he needs to start now, Jeremy. Planning fucking process. Fucking entertainment medicine guy. All I'm saying is, you have about four years, Wackerly, so you start having uh, Wackerly. Do you get all your medical knowledge from USA Today, or <laughs> do you also read the LA Times? <laughs> Little Wacker Jr. Whacked you. That's what it's called. Do you think he'd be a good dad? I actually do think he'd be a great dad. Really? Have you seen how, how good he takes care of that slide whistle? Is clean. I have so many things. I have so much knowledge to give. <laughs> so much knowledge. He seems so angry. Especially about the female anatomy. The His best dads are be... angry. <laughs> he doesn't like the holidays. Will you celebrate the holidays? No, that's for the wife. Yeah, look at Homer I mean, Simpson. I mean, drink. <laughs> <laughs> Eggnog. Yeah, why not? Are we doing Thanksgiving at your house this year? Yeah, are you guys. you guys only come like one out of every three times. Of <laughs> every three years. All right, we got another phone call here. Oh, this is from Chucker Paul, actually. Yeah. Hey, it's me again. Um, hey. I feel really bad. I've been listening to the podcast, and Lance was talking about poor little Muffin getting hit by a semi. And So this was like a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about dogs, and Wackerly, uh, his, he had a dog named Muffin. What kind of dog was it? A Britney Spaniel. That got hit by a truck. Yeah, it was a traumatic event. It was chasing a dog poacher. I don't know if I pointed that out. A dog poacher? Yeah. What is that? Uh, she, our dog was uh, staying with our friend who, who bred all these like hunting dogs. It was a hunting dog. And they're worth a lot of money. And uh, some guy broke into his kennel in his backyard and was trying to steal some of these dogs. And then a bunch of other dogs were chasing the guy. And that's when she got hit by a car. Oh, wow. A dog poacher. Never hear about that. I'm more interested in how you came up with Muffin, the name. I don't know. I was probably five years old. I don't even know if I ma- named it or my mom did it or what. <laughs> okay. I have to admit it. It was me. I was driving through Bay City. <laughs> I saw this little kid run out on the porch wearing his Smurf underoos. And he yelled, Muffin, no! <laughs> and I ran little Muffin right over it. But... It's all right. I yelled out the window, Adios, lick my balls! <laughs> then he threw a shit Walmart bag at me. <laughs> so after all these years, you found out that Trucker Paul was the one who killed your dog. I know, he's on the list now. <laughs> that long list. Aria, do you remember... Aria Stark list. You know, do you remember... Uh, yeah, you got to repeat the names. Do you remember Princess? Yeah. So we had two Maltese oh, poodles. Talk about a name. <laughs> 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 but the other one was named Coco. 
That was uh, oh. that was all Stephanie. Coco's all right. That giant gorilla who knew fucking sign language. That was his name too. He's cool. That was in Coco and uh, Ice T's wife with a big breast. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> she has big tits. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, we have this dog Princess and Princess like I don't know. We were, you were probably in like sixth grade. She yeah. escaped and never came back. And we thought, oh, you know, she probably was sick and she ran off to die. Well, that's what mom said. Well, that's what you would think. It's a reasonable conclusion. And so years later, years later, like 10 years later, you're at a party and our next door neighbor was there and he was like, oh, yeah, my older brother shot the dog. And Stephanie wanted Jer to kick this kid's ass. We kicked him out of the party. <laughs> what did you do I to him? I hate that motherfucker, Jeff Custash. Well, how did it come up in conversation? I don't, do you remember Jer? I think we were just talking about the dogs barking and being neighbors next door. And Jeff said something. Oh, no, I remember. Nobody <laughs> knew we had three dogs unless you knew us from when we were really young. And then he came out and he was like, yeah, you had that third. That, he said you had three dogs. And I was like, hmm, how does he know? And then he started talking about how they used to run under his fence. And then his brother, Joe, shot the dog. <laughs> and then took it and threw it over the fence yep. in the backyard. <laughs> well, what else do you think he's going to do with it? Back in your yard? No, we had like a wooded area like beyond the fence, like in the back of our yards. I was so upset. So I think he just chucked it over the fence. Yeah, poor princess. So what did you do? Were you like, get out of the party, yeah. dog killer? We made our friends kick him out. Do you know, I searched for princess for years. I always <laughs> looked for princess. <laughs> she was crying. I remember, uh, yeah, for months. What kind of a dog was it? Maltese oh, poodle. Oh, God, these dogs were so shitty. These two little <laughs> shitty Maltese poodles. They were so cute. Oh, they were awful. They used to hump each other. Their mother daughter used to hump each other. Remember that? Yeah, I used to clean the poo out of How's his How's Hecubus doing uh, without his nutsack? Oh, yeah, Hecubus got neutered on Monday. Uh, he hates the cone. He has to wear the cone. He's still the cone on? Well, he's got to wear it for a week. Hates it. <laughs> the thing's freaking out. But um, it's kind of cool. <clears throat> the thing is with, the, with those cats, their balls are exposed. You never see cat balls. But these hairless cats, you know, well, you could if you lift up their tail and you see their little furry balls. These cats... The balls are just hanging out there. So if you don't get them neutered, the balls get big. And you know, they're lar- it's a large scrotum. And then they're, they, they like to sit on well, your shoulder. Maybe just got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I picked that male cat. One of the large, impressive scrotum. But yeah, then he'll like sit on your shoulder and he'll put like balls right in your head. Has he seen Hecubus? Uh, no, uh, we've seen him through the, uh, the computer, but yeah, through Skype. Through yeah. Pinterest, right? Magic of the two. He's seen him through Pinterest. <laughs> All right, we got uh, another call here about um, Pleasanton, where uh, Jerry used to work. Hey, D. Lance, this is Sam on the East Bay. Uh, I just ran into something kind of funny. I thought you might want to, I'd like to hear what you guys have to think about it. So I'm on the road, and I've seen this big red micro peanuts truck, and he's got two big flags stuck, stuck up out of the back, one California flag, and the other one is the Confederate flag. Kind of an odd combo, although this is Pleasanton, so there's not much chance of him running into people that are generally going to beat him down for it. But Hmm. ironically enough, Lance, out here in Pleasanton and Livermore, while it is very white, uh, there's there's a lot of Indians out here, too. Uh, And Indians like uh, Slurpee, not... Anyway, (laughs) uh, keep it up, guys. Great show. I'll uh, talk to you later. You know, the Central Valley and the Delta have a, hmm. uh, 
It's like those flat brim uh, giant truck dudes with the neck tattoos, and one of the neck tattoos will be the Confederate flag. I've never seen like a swastika, but they're definitely into their white heritage. Are there a lot of races out there? Because I mean, there are. Well, I, mean, I assume if you have a Confederate flag tattooed on your fucking neck <laughs> or on a giant flag out of your car, you kind of have those tendencies. Yeah, but it's weird to see that in California. But yeah, there. I mean, there are a lot of skinheads out there. But aren't there like Mexicans and Indian people in the Central Valley? Yeah, they don't like each other. <laughs> so, Jer used to work in uh, Pleasanton. Yeah, I think you guys are hitting it on the head. Uh, pretty, <laughs> Did pretty, you hate it? Pretty white neighborhood, uh, strip malls, and... Uh, so, what, why, what's the deal? Why all the Indians? Are there a lot of Indian restaurants? And Fremont, I would think, is more of a uh, Indian dot, not feather uh, community. I remember uh, Wackerly used to take, uh, didn't you take the train? You said as soon as you kept going east, it just got, uh, just became like a train from India, just full, filled with just Indian people. Well, Fremont is like 90% Indian people. Why do you they know all that, live you know there? That book, it's weird. Or not even, it's not even all Indian. You know that book, The Kite Runner? The Kite the, Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah. She won an, did she win like Danny a, person, I she won an award for that, did she? Or they made a movie out of it? But, uh, <laughs> All right, whatever. Second half of the book is in Fremont. <laughs> I skimmed it. They moved to Fremont. It was very popular. It was like a New York Times bestseller. It was a couple notches above Play Something Dancy. Yeah. <laughs> it did outsell me by a couple copies, unfortunately. Um, why, why Fremont? Why are the Indians selling in Fremont? I don't know. Are there... Are there they, is, you know, if you move somewhere, like... It's cheap. If I moved to India, I'd be like, where'd all the white people live? <laughs> <laughs> Dearborn, Michigan, or Fremont, California. Do you think they're just like, oh, this is there's like a Kmart there and an Arby's? And the Indian people are like, yeah, we just don't go to that area because it's just filled with white people. I don't know. Um, are there good Indian restaurants there? In Fremont? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. I'll have to go check it out next time. Yeah, if you want some really great Indian food, go to Fremont. We always it won't go be to... fancy, though. It'll be, in a, it'll be in a strip mall, but you just got go to the Yelp reviews. Well, we always go to that one pack one in the Tenderloin. Delicious. Is that place still good? Yeah. yeah, still really good. Shout out to the uh, the pack one. All right, do we have time for one more call? All right, let's do one last one. Uh, this call has to do with uh, shit. What's up, Dean Lance? This is Rob from Michigan. I just had a, uh, well, I just got finished listening to your shit-themed last episode. Every episode And it brought up themed. a couple questions to me. The first of all was... Um, something that a lot of people don't talk about is when I was taking a shit the other day you get that splash at the end of your shit. Splashback. When it splashes up on your asshole and I honestly <laughs> I just wonder if people like that or if they don't like it. People um, I've never heard any real discussions on this before but I started a little bit back when I was in high school and I was asking people whether they liked or did not like the splash when you're taking a shit. No. I like how this is the one thing that this guy has focused on since high school. I like how he's asking us the question, even though he's done like 10 years of market research. <laughs> 10 years of market research, but yet, you know, people usually talk about this issue. So is that a power shit that you, you know, it's pressurized, it's under massive splash pressure bag? that just ejects into the toilet that erupts the, the splash bag? Well, that's or? the thing, like... Uh, my irritable bowel sister usually does not have a solid poo, right? So you don't right, usually so get splashback. Splash no, but sometimes it's hard to come out. And then, like, when I'm pushing and it's more of a slow drizzle out, and it, it you know how it's, like, it drops slowly and it's kind of heavy? Yeah, and but it sprays. 
Sometimes, but sometimes it's more, it's, it's a little bit slower and more powerful, and then it hits the water really hard, and that's when the splashback comes, for me, at least. It's like a jet propulsion of shit coming out of her ass. Yeah. It's weird. What are, I hate the splashback. I don't, you know, personally, I don't mind the splashback. It reminds me of a bidet. Oof. Right, but it's a, your own piss. Yeah, it's dirty. I don't pee when I poo. I hold it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> this needs to be delved into. Wait, you, you don't, don't pee, pee when you poo? poo? I don't like to sit down when I pee. Jeremy does. Yeah. Jeremy? Like a, he does you, both at so the same time. So is this time. like a two-step process? Do you pee, then poo, or do you poo, then pee? Or are they just completely different trips to the toilet? It depends on which one has urgency. So if I have to shit first, I'll just shit first and then go pee later. But if I have to pee first, I'll like, pee like first. Like how much later? I'll pee first and I'll flush and then I'll shit. So while you're shitting, if you have to piss again, all of a sudden, do you stand up and then piss and Depen- then sit back down? Usually. Do you really? wipe? state is in a drought. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. I do sit down when I pee while I'm shitting, but I don't usually do it at the same time. I'll flush. Really? Yeah. I don't like to have them both in there. I don't like them to mix. Jared just sits and does it for a while. Both. Do you monitor Jared? I think Jared, that's what everybody does. Jared's habits while he's, while he's pooing? It's the only place I can get a fucking free moment. <laughs> yeah, but, then be, she, but then she's in there anyways. Yeah, the door's open. <laughs> you can't shit with the door closed. You know, because you guys are spouses, so wackily, when he's, when he's betrothed, um, are you going to allow your wife to come into uh, the room no. while you're doing your business? No. So that area still, there will be boundaries. What do you mean? You guys don't... I might even get like a porta potty for the backyard. <laughs> wait, you don't. Sh- wait trip. a second. You don't shit with the door open. It's connected right. To- your bathroom's connected right to your bedroom. I know. So you I don't do leave- when I'm home alone, like now. Yeah, but I mean, so when she's there, though, would you? Would she let you go in the bathroom, like when when she's shitting, and vice versa? Like, will she shower while you're shitting? No. Oh. Yeah, I don't do that either. Really? Yeah, it's gross. But the other thing is my, you got to understand my, well, you guys understand this. You live in an old apartment building. My bathroom doesn't have an ejector fan. So if you're, if you're shitting and taking, and somebody's taking a hot shower, yeah. that is just like a shit fucking funk swamp in there. Yeah, hot pusana. Yeah, well, that's why good. we use poopery. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> do you guys use that poopery? Yeah, Jeremy does. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, let's uh, let's finish on this call here. A lot of people said that they yes, they did like it because it kind of gave their butthole <laughs> a little bit of a washed feeling. Professor ass splash after they took a dump. And my feeling on that is, why the fuck do you want your ass sprayed with ass water? I mean, normally when I get the the splash, it's like, all right, I drop a turd. Maybe I like come back with another turd, and it splashes my ass. And it bugs the fuck out of me sometimes when I drop that second turd, or even the first turd. I, like, lurch off the toilet seat a little. Do you think he hits on girls with this? Is this an opener? An icebreaker? I was just thinking this guy has never been laid. <laughs> oh, I bet she has. And um, to try to avoid the splash. But anyways, you know, I'm older now. I haven't really done that study in a while. But, you know, five, six okay. years ago, a lot of people were into it. Yeah, I bet. Kind of fucked up. I don't really get it. I'm wondering your opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think. Keep sick. Keep it wrong, fellas. A lot of it depends on the design of the toilet. Like how the distance between the seat and the surface of the water. I guess that is true. But most toilets are, don't they have a standard design? There's like a conventional design for a toilet. 
<laughs> this isn't fucking Korea. You know, you can buy any kind of toilet <laughs> yeah. you want. Yeah, but what? I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it depends on how much water is in it, too. It depends on how much water. And it's weird because if it's, if your ass is far away from the water, obviously the splash has to be bigger for it to hit your ass, but also the turd has more velocity when yeah. it hits the water. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's falling further. But what else is... Stephanie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on the size. Like academic discussion. The size yes, of the turd. That's correct. <laughs> I was kind of wondering, I've noticed, I don't know, Jer, if you've noticed, I don't think I've said anything, it's, our toilet has a lot of like shit streaks in it lately. Have you noticed that? Wait, there's streaks at the bottom? Yeah, like I, have you noticed that? There's been a lot of leftovers. I've always considered that to be a small victory. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like leaving a mark. It's the man's job to piss those off. Yeah. When he is standing. I'm failing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you sit down when you pee. You drink more, drinking more water. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I don't understand, so if you do take a shit and it splashes back ass water on your ass, do you want to shower afterwards or do you just wipe it all off with toilet paper? I use ass wipes. You, yeah, Stephanie brings ass wipes with her. Yeah, they're my you know what happened in London, right? With the ass wipe? Oh, yeah. You remember what? that? There was like a big blob of material in, that got caught in the sewer that was like cooking fat and those those lubricated ass wipes. It was the size of a bus. Yeah, it was huge. Up the whole town. Well, actually, that's happened to me at the venue that I work at. Well, and they clogged the toilet. With the ass wipes. Did you tell the people it was wipes. you or are you like, oh, it's not me? No, I'm not going to say it's me. <laughs> but it's a lot of money to get it fixed. Yeah, no, I mean you got to redo your plumbing. You're not supposed to. You can't. You can't flush ass wipes. You can't flush condoms. What can you flush these days? I, I've, I'm just start. I'm gonna start just free pooing. What do you mean? You just don't wipe at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's natural, like an animal. But it gets itchy back there, doesn't it? Well, that's when you drag your ass across the carpet. Dingleberries. <laughs> we should come up with some kind of new wiping mechanism. Free wiping. Free it's wipe. Like the free bleeding. It's a companion of free Yeah, free bleeding. bleeding. That's popular. Uh, anyway, people call the Sigron Hotline, 206-666-3846. What are you looking for, Jer? Did you drop something? My wedding ring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't lose that. Losing weight, Jer? I felt, I felt uh, elated for a moment. I had to put my, my curse back on. Jer was liberated for about two seconds. Go take a shit in peace. I um, mean, call us on hotline, 206-666-3846. iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment, listen to the show on iTunes. We appreciate that. Uh, also, you can buy a, a uh, print. We're actually myself at the Sick and Wrong store. Sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. Support the show by a Sick and Wrong um, new Quado tea. You guys seen the new teas? Mm-mm. They're a hot pink magenta Quado on black. It's a, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. It'll look pretty. I'll hook you guys up. But uh, you can get a t-shirt and you can also buy a print to uh, frame and put in your living room or put on your nightstand so you can look at that while you have sex with your wife. Um, go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. Finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. It's, um, you know the Melvins have a new album? Why are you pl- You got to play Cream, dude. Cream? Melvins. Yeah. What, what Cream? Why Cream? Because the guy, just the vocalist and bassist just died. 71 years old. Ginger Baker? Jack Bruce. Jack Bruce from Cream. How'd he die? He's old. 
Jesus. He drowned from backsplash. Based <laughs> on Drying Up Your Love. It's like a precursor to Black Sabbath. I've never liked it. came out the year before Black Sabbath started. I've so. never liked that song. But they do have a... Uh, Baseline's great. What are you talking about? All right. You know, I was going to play... Melvins came out with a new album with two members of Buffalo Surfers. Who gives a shit about the Melvins? <laughs> this is a <laughs> this seminal band. Sacrilege. All right. You know what? You've trumped me. This is... Uh, I didn't I didn't even look at the news today. Yeah, I didn't I'm get right to see... i the news. That's why. And Jack, yeah. We, Wackley's like hot... He's like hotwired into the uh, intertubes while we're doing the show. I have like a wire that goes right into my head. So that's why we are we always know like uh, trending topics, <laughs> you know, urgent news items like this just in. Uh, Jack Bruce died. But what will happen is before we post the show, then one of the guys from the Melvins will die, and then I'll look like an idiot. So okay, you know what? We're not going to play. Although people, you should check out the new uh, record. It's called Hold It In. It's two members of the Buffalo Surfers, not Gibby, um, but they're on tour right now. It's a good show. Is there with uh, P Town? Casey, but we're not going to play that. Instead, we're going to end the show with um, a Cream song. Yeah, maybe, maybe whatever Cream song. Yeah, maybe play. Sunshine of Your Love, or uh, I'll, 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 we'll figure it out. So we're going to end the show here with Cream, and I will drink to uh, Jack Bruce. It's a good band. Eric Clapton was in Cream. Yeah, I'm not a start. big fan of his. I don't like his solo stuff that much. But uh, back then, he was Derek and Domino. It was a pretty good band. But Cream was when good. You, uh, when Hecubus dies, though, you're going to have like a. Tears in uh, Heaven. Tears in Heaven session. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to write my own version of Tears in Heaven for Hackybus, but hopefully as many years from now. Um, happy Halloween, people. Uh, I read something online uh, about um, tricksters are dipping onions in caramel and making like, so it looks like a caramel apple, but it's an onion. Huh. Have you seen that? No, but maybe I want to eat a caramel covered <laughs> onion. <laughs> Sounds kind of good. <laughs> So watch out, because uh, if you're not expecting it, that would be a disgusting thing to bite into. Does Lance put Yeah, but you know what's out? fucking worse is those people who like give out fucking toothbrushes. Oh, God, I haven't seen that in a long time. I would sharpen that shit and Dentist, <laughs> yeah. Do you put candy out, Lancey Poe? Sometimes. You, you put candy out? Are you going to do it this year? Yeah, probably. Why not? What are you going to get? Like, Keeps your house from getting egged. Are you going to get ribbon candy? No, hard candy is bullshit. <laughs> Chocolate. You should get big candy bars. What? I'm not a fucking doctor. Well, that's the good stuff. I mean, you need to get like good stuff. You could just get, go to Walgreens like, and just get a variety bag. Corn. Candy corn. That's what you should do. Candy corn pumpkins. One one corn per kid. <laughs> <laughs> Regulate bag. the corn. Anyway, people have a uh, safe and uh, happy Halloween. I will be back next week. Thank you, George uh, and uh, Stephen Jerry here for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, giving uh, Wackerly some advice on the upcoming wedding. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, episode uh, 456. Till then, take it sleazy. Outside my window is a tree. Outside my window is a tree. They're only for me. It stands in the gray of the city No time for pity For the tree
outside my window is a tree. Outside my window is a tree. They're only for me. And it stands in the gray of the city. No time for pity. For the tree or me. Who 